The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Wasn't it just the other day when we were experiencing one day of action, one day quiet, and the next day it's action. Well, here we go again. It's one day of action again. We have to change our whole rundown. And to discuss this, joining us on the line now, our correspondent from Israel, Rolene Marks. Rolene, good afternoon. Always great to have you on board. Always good to be here. You know, I was having a very similar discussion with one of my editors today. We were saying, you know, it's been very quiet today. Well, you know, mm. uh, famous last words. Yes. When you think it's all quiet, things speed up. And he was actually saying to me, we could do with a quiet day. It's been an insane year. Well, we'd be so lucky. I mean, opposition head Yahir Lapid has just met with Emirati Foreign Minister Abdullah bin Zayed Al Nayan in Italy. And uh, this is what the latest that's coming from Lapid's office. Tell us more. This is hugely significant because at the moment, with the voting in of this coalition government and some of their policies, and here I must make special mention of Finance Minister Betzalel Smotrich, who wants to withhold hundreds of millions of shekels earmarked Mm -hmm. for the uh, Arab community that would seriously uplift the community, a, a, a huge bulk of that goes towards educational programs in universities, and he has roundly been called a racist by Benny Gantz, the leader of the opposition, and even Amichai Chikli, Israel's minister of diaspora affairs from the Likud party, has said to him there is absolutely no reason for you to withhold these funds. Please release them immediately. Smotrich's uh, rationale is it's got to go towards uh, other more needy um, uh, more needy needs. And uh, this is getting huge, huge, huge backlash in the state of Israel. But this is one of the reasons and one of the concerns, which is why we see uh, a very, very significant event today, and that is the Emirati Foreign Minister Abdullah bin Zayed al-Nahyan meeting with opposition leader Yair Lapid. Very friendly meeting taking place in Italy, discussing the strategic partnership between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, as well as ties to other Gulf countries. Now, the Emiratis and other uh, countries have a policy in place. They will not meet with Prime Minister Netanyahu and they will not meet with officials uh, from his coalition uh, while they still have intentions of putting some of their policies into practice. Oh, okay. So we've also got the Australian government now beginning to use the term occupied Palestinian territories again. What's going on here? This isn't about turn with the Australians. This isn't about turn because Australia is one of the few countries that actually has uh, recognized the areas of the West Bank uh, as disputed territory, not Ah. occupied territory. Now, if you actually uh, do read uh, international law and you drill down into the minutiae and and, and the specifics, the, the territory is not territory ceded. It, it is regarded as disputed territories because mm-hmm. there was no state of Palestine before. And the term occupied territories has become uh, the adopted lexicon. And this is now the uh, the foreign minister of Australia, Penny Wong, as uh, reported first by The Guardian saying that uh, Australia will uh, recognize these areas as occupied uh, Palestinian territory, mm. 
They say this goes to strengthen their opposition to the settlement program, going further on to say that uh, settlements are an obstacle to peace and illegal under international law. Now, Australia has been one of the countries to, to say that it's not illegal under international law, and this is why we recognize it as disputed territories. Mm-hmm. However, Australia does have a Labour Party government in place at the moment. We are expecting the possibility of the Labour-led government to take a uh, decision at the next Labour convention uh, soon to be held, uh, their national convention that uh, could possibly recognise a Palestinian state. And they say they are gravely concerned at some of the trends they are seeing in Israel. Now, we've spoken about the trends and you certainly have seen the reaction by Israelis to the trends in Israel. You know, the protests, yes, are about the reforms, but uh, they are also growing more and more about some of the policies that we see coalition members trying to implement in the government. Now, the Australian Zionist Federation and Executive Council of Australian Jury have released a joint statement. They say... The change in language is inaccurate, ahistorical, and counterproductive. Mm -hmm. They go on, and I'll read to you from their statement. They say, describing East Jerusalem, the West Bank, and Gaza as occupied Palestinian territories effectively denies any Jewish claim to the West Bank and Jerusalem. The most important Jewish holy sites of the Temple Mount and the Western Wall are in East Jerusalem, and there has been an unbroken Jewish presence in the West Bank for thousands of years. Israelis and Palestinians have agreed to negotiate the division of the West Bank between them. Describing the territories as Palestinian not only preempts the outcome of negotiations, but is counterproductive. Palestinians and Israelis agreed in 1993 that the settlements and the division of the West Bank and Gaza would be subject to final status negotiations. The foreign minister has previously stated that Australia should not preempt the outcome mm-hmm. of, final, of, of final status issues. It is regrettable that the government has now done that. Palestinian terrorism against Israeli targets has written dramatically and Palestinian leadership has refused to enter into negotiations with Israel in the last two years. Instead of attempting to preempt the outcome of negotiations in favor of a party that refuses to negotiate, the Australian government should be urging the Palestinians to return to the negotiating table. It is concerning that just as Arab states are moving closer to Israel and normalizing relations, this announcement moves Australia in the opposite direction. The announcement will be used by Israeli and Palestinian hardliners to bolster support within their respective constituency and put a peace agreement further out of reach. The Labour leadership ought to push back against factions within Labour and instead work to re-establish a sensible, centrist and sustainable bipartisan position on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict must not become a political football. Well, as you mentioned, uh, Rolene, let's just hope that the Labour government gets its uh, accuracies and geography lessons correct before the time that they need to make crucial decisions. Let's try and let's get now to something that we couldn't touch on to yesterday as a feel-good story. Zambia's Memorandum of Understanding regarding solar wind power and also pediatric cardiology. Well, this is really, really wonderful. We spoke about the visit by the Zambian president to Israel uh, last week, how he was 
hosted by uh, President Herzog. He met with the Prime Minister, he met with the Foreign Minister, he had a sizable delegation and uh, his Foreign Minister and his wife with him as well. So this was a very, very serious visit. And uh, there were a number of memorandums of understanding signed. One of them, I hope Durko is paying attention, is for a $100 million project that would see uh, Israeli companies set up a solar-powered electricity plant in Zambia wow. that is uh, solar and wind power. It's using renewable energy. Mm-hmm. It's not only supplying Zambia with much needed electricity, but it is also moving away from fossil fuels further to renewable energies and is, of course, uh, conscious of the climate. And added to that, uh, a memorandum of understanding signed between Israel, Zambia, and it will also benefit Tanzania and Rwanda, is to increase cooperation with pediatric uh, cardiac okay. surgeries wow. and care. This is done by the phenomenal NGO Save a Child's Heart. If you don't know who they are and you have access to a computer or a device, mm-hmm. look them up immediately. Save a Child's Heart. They do extraordinary work. And uh, now we've seen these uh, cardiac surgeries, and, uh, and they don't just do cardiac surgeries and treatment, they also train medical professionals, mm. paying it forward, giving them the necessary skills to carry out those uh, operations and that healthcare in their own countries and communities. Roland, did you just mention that this, is, uh, this has an, a regional initiative to it? Did you mention Tanzania and Rwanda also? I did. It, I did. It made the uh, media in Tanzania, and, wow. and, and this is what we see. Mm-hmm. And I want to echo the words of our foreign minister Ellie Cohen uh, last week, when he said Africa is blossoming and, and is recognizing the mutually beneficial relationship that the continent, many countries on the continent, could have with the state of sure. Israel. Uh, and of course, many African countries in Israel share similar histories of colonization, but we also share uh, similar climates and similar challenges, and that is where Israel, who is a technology powerhouse, is able to help. Great for Israel to come on board and help these initiatives and projects. Roland, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great chatting to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Roland Marks, our correspondent from Israel, giving us some background as to what's transpiring in Israel at the moment.